0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. What's trending on Money FM 89.3? Thanks for staying with us here on MoneyFM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. And earlier on the show, I asked you what a centi-millionaire is. Thanks to those who have texted, quite a number of you have got it right. And we're talking about this today because what's trending? Well, I'll tell you what's trending, this report on centi-millionaires. So although some of the world's billionaires, such as Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, and Bill dominate news headlines. Their wealth cohort is outnumbered nearly 10 to 1 by a fast-growing global group of highly influential, ultra-high net worth movers and shakers who possess 100 million US dollars or more in investable assets. We're talking about the centi-millionaires. So who are these centi-millionaires? Well, we're going to find out now. We're joined on the line now by Nerve Honda, who is a group head of business development at Henley & Partners and the Managing Director and Head of the firm's Global South Asia team. Hello, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Good to have you with us. So perhaps we can start off just to put this in context and you can tell us a bit more about Henley and & Partners and what exactly it is that you do because you do put out the centimillionaire report. I mean, this is the first global study of ultra-high net worth individuals who boast uh, $100 million in investable assets. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, Rachel, Henley & Partners is the industry leader in citizenship and residence by investment. Mm -hmm. On one side, we work with various governments globally, and we help them design these citizenship and residence by investment programs, uh, which in return raise a lot of FDI for these governments. On the other side, we work with 100 for the individuals who are looking at an alternative residency mm. or a citizenship to acquire as an asset class. So that's what the business does. Okay. You know, we were the guys historically who worked with the government of Switzerland on their lump sum tax facility where you can negotiate taxes with a canton in Switzerland, become a tax resident of Switzerland. Uh, similarly, you know, we've engaged with 14 other governments. So, so that's what we do and who uh, mm-hmm. we are.
0: So, tell us more about the Centi Millionaire Report. How did it come about?
1: No, excellent. So, Rachel, as you pointed out, you know we hear a lot about the billionaires globally. So, we have mm-hmm. around three thousand billionaires worldwide. Um, you know, to name a few, Musk and Mr. Mittel. Uh, but we really forget about um, uh, a class of super rich with investable assets of over hundred million, and you know they do a lot of value creation in in the overall wealth chain as well. Okay. So essentially, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, we have about 25,000 uh, individuals and families who are considered to be centi What that means is they have more than 100 million uh, investable assets uh, that they manage at the moment.
0: So who are these centimillionaires? millionaires We're familiar with the billionaires, but what about the centimillionaires? millionaires Who are they and how do they make their money?
1: No, exactly. So a lot of these centi could be baby boomers. Um, a lot of them could have inherited this wealth okay. from their families. A lot of them could be CEOs of various uh, tech organizations globally. So it's usually a mix of baby boomers. Then you mm-hmm. have a lot of tech entrepreneurs who who comprise uh, primarily what we call the centi-millionaires.
0: Okay, where are they? That's what I want to know. Here in Asia, the U.S., Europe...
1: So that's a great question. So mm. 40% of the centi-millionaires, as we see right now, are in the U.S. Okay. Right? Uh, we're going to see, you know, the world is moving east, and we're going to see the fastest growth of centi-millionaires in Asia, particularly in countries like China, India, mm. and Vietnam going forward, Rachel.
0: That's interesting. So there's still hope for me yet, is that what you're saying?
1: Well, you'll definitely be there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I want to know is how do these centi millionaires spend and manage their money?
1: Exactly, that's a really important question. Yeah, I think the, com- the common notion uh, for everybody is that we should all diversify our wealth. And when we say diversify our wealth, you know, we mean invest in equities, invest in bonds, invest mm-hmm. in real estate. But for centi millionaires, um, you know, particularly if you have assets over 100 million. Sovereign diversity is is a really important topic. What that means is they look at domicile diversification as an asset class. For example, I just told you 40% of the centimillionaires are in the U.S. Yes, right. U.S. is going through a bit of a summering crisis politically. The United Nations report calls it the economy is devolving. Um, And if you have a centimillionaire, uh, he's exposed to only single governance, which is the U.S. Mm -hmm. He's exposed to the single legal system, which is the U.S., He's exposed to the single taxation system, which is the U.S. That means that this centimillionaire is putting all their eggs in one basket. As a result of that, the number one piece that centimillionaires are looking into is diversifying their domiciles by acquiring different residencies and citizenships. Right. And that's why we see a lot of American entrepreneurs looking at second home opportunities in places like Portugal, Greece, Malta, uh, the French and the Italian Riviera. So domicile diversification is becoming an important asset class, particularly for these centimillionaires.
0: How does that work? Can you elaborate a little bit more on that when you're looking at domicile diversification? What exactly does that mean if they are buying properties in, say, for example, Portugal, and you're looking at it from a diversification perspective?
1: So what that means is now, you know, you've been able to expose your wealth to a different jurisdiction and a different governance.
0: From a tax right. perspective?
1: Well, tax sometimes can be part of it, but usually it's not. Um, okay. you know, usually alternative residencies and citizenships are considered as a great means to hedge against any ra- radical macro adversity that you may mm. face due to your current jurisdiction. So they're a great plan B, a bit of an insurance policy that these families look into. But with, uh, with but, but buying real estate can be quite interesting because you know, you're know, you actually just making one investment, which is you're buying a piece of real estate, but you're also getting a residency at the back of it. So one investment can have multiple yields, which is improving your mobility asset, which is a residency. Okay. Right? And, uh,
0: and there are other yeah. factors at play because you even mention, the report even features the 10 most exclusive schools where centi-millionaires send their children.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think education is, the most amazing asset class that you can invest in, Mm. particularly your children's education. So a lot of the families that we work with, we have a business called the Henley Education Services that caters to helping families, you know, get their children educated at various boarding schools in Switzerland. So, uh, you know, particularly centimillionaires, they're really concerned where their children are going to be. Sometimes it could also be due to safety reasons,
0: Mm. right,
1: Uh, particularly for emerging and developing parts of the world. Right. Uh, And education always becomes an important conversation when you're dealing with these families.
0: And, uh, you know, education, 100 percent as a parent, I completely agree. And you've mentioned some jurisdictions for potential um, domicile diversification. But what are some of the booming markets for centimillionaires? I believe there are a number of other markets that are forecast for growth in the report. New Zealand, Australia. Can you tell us more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, first of all, where we are right now, Singapore is becoming the mm. epicenter for family offices. Um, you know, we've seen more than ten thousand family offices globally now, as we speak. Uh, uh, Singapore has that tenacious banking infrastructure, offering longevity to all the wealth preservation needs of families, particularly in, in emerging and developing parts of the world, including Philippines, Indonesia, India. Uh, we also see families looking at Dubai as a place again. Uh, from a wealth preservation point of view, from a mobility and connectivity point of view, you know, Dubai is very well connected globally, right? And also from a tax point of view, uh, it tends to be a fairly conducive jurisdiction. Uh, apart from that, from, from a quality of life and from a habitability point of view, families are looking at places like Australia and New Zealand. You know, we've just had a family who looked at buying a farm, a bolt hole farm in New Oof. Zealand uh, recently. Um, so the idea... The idea is, you know, we're, we're living in really volatile times and the more residencies and the more exposed you are to different jurisdictions, the better prepared you are for the future.
0: OK, well, Nerve, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
1: Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you. We've been speaking with Nerve Honda, who is Group Head of Business Development at Henley and & Partners and the Managing Director and Head of the firm's Global South Asia team. Keep it here on MoneyFM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.